0: Today we have Scott Ullenhaik, who is a physical therapist from Ohio. Welcome to our AABP podcast, Scott. Thank you. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself, your professional background, and, and
1: what you do for a living? Okay. Um, well, I grew up in west central Ohio, which is very rural, and had lots of uh, friends that were farmers and ended up on the farm a little bit, but um, wasn't, I wasn't on a, wasn't raised on a farm. Um, but spent some time there and ultimately decided I wanted to go in the medical field and I wound up going to The Ohio State University for physical therapy. I've been doing physical therapy for about 25 years now. Um, Subsequently, I got an orthopedic certified specialist um, designation, and um, currently I'm doing outpatient orthopedics, and um, one of my focus areas is doing injury prevention, um, industrial care, um, work-related activities, um, which is how I ended up at AABP.
0: And I've heard you speak uh, several times. You, you spoke at the AABP uh, recent graduate conference. Uh, you have uh, spoke at the AABP annual conference, Ohio Dairy Veterinarians meeting. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got involved with cattle veterinarians. Why, why are we such a unique uh,
1: group? Of, of, <laughs> well, there's a veterinarian in our area, um, Dr. Mark Hardesty, and he had multiple veterinarians that were having troubles um, basically performing their daily tasks, and they were having more and more pain and other issues. And he was fearful of, is he going to be able to keep his, keep his practice going because they were having so many troubles? And he contacted me saying, hey, can you help? And so I was like, well, I kind of know what you do, but not 100%, but yes, I can definitely help. So we approached it from the standpoint of having individual examinations for each veterinarian. And gave them, you know, kind of a one-on-one time to assess what they were, what they were experiencing, and talk, give them recommendations for positioning and heat and cold and exercise and everything. And then I went with one of the veterinarians to several different sites and saw the different setups for, you know, um, free stalls, lockups, rails, and just saw the environment and what they're dealing with every day. And then after that, I compiled a report and kind of went to their lunch meeting and gave them all the information that I wanted to share. And at that meeting was a student from the Ohio State University that she was on a rotation. And a few months later, she contacted me and said, hey, can you speak to our large animal interest group? So that's where it kind of started. And then um, I was contacted a few years later by Dr. Hardesty because of the um, being indispensable for the long term, being the focus of the Phoenix Convention for AABP. He thought it was very applicable. So that's, I started there. And then a couple months after that, I was spoke at Ohio and then Michigan, And then you've invited me back for the recent grad conference. So
0: that's, that's fantastic. So when you saw how uh, uh, dairy veterinarians in particular abused their bodies, were you a little little horrified after that initial (laughs) visit?
1: Um, I, I had an awareness because I had spent a little time on a farm, but yeah, the, the amount of physical stress now that I had the physical therapy knowledge and, and clinical experience and i could really apply that to what i was seeing i was like oh my goodness look what they're putting their bodies through <laughs> it's, it's pretty incredible
0: yeah and there's probably not too many uh, physical therapists that are uh, uh, involved so uh, much with bovine veterinarians i would imagine right. I,
1: I think it, this is a pretty unique opportunity for me um and i would say there's very few there's probably a lot of them that have treated bovine veterinarians but not necessarily been to the level that i have in terms of looking at the job duties and that's just something that i've been doing for years, so it was kind of inherent to me to hey, I want to see this firsthand, I don't want to see pictures of it. right and that, that really gave me, a, I think, a much better feel for just how physically demanding it is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I spent uh, uh, over 20 years in private practice before I took this position with AABP, and now I sit at a desk, so I have a different set of problems. <laughs> uh, you know, and I know I had a lot of shoulder problems. Uh, and didn't do much preventive uh, uh, medicine. Can you tell us what are some of the common problems or risk factors that we see in cattle veterinarians? Sure,
1: so I, I examined, I don't remember the exact number, but probably five or six veterinarians as part of that, excuse me, initial project. And the neck was a little bit of an issue. Primary complaints were the the um, shoulder on down the arms, you know, very a little bit of lower back and, and nothing in the legs at all. So shoulders, elbows, and wrists and hands, um, pain, numbness, tingling, um, everything, you know, obviously impacting their work and their ability to tolerate doing, you know, say 50 consecutive, um, you know, pregnancy checks or whatever it might be um, from the standpoint of pain, but also numbness and tingling. You know what? I, I can't do it because I can't even feel my hand anymore. So when you can't feel with your hand, you can't do a proper check on a gal. So obviously. Um, so that that's probably the most, you know, the tendinitis is the bursitis and And so forth is going to end up turning into tears and so forth. It's going to require them to be off work for longer periods of time. So I really it was nice to get that proactive attitude from Dr. Hardesty to kind of do that prevention side.
0: Yeah. And, you know, cattle veterinarians, we really practice preventive medicine on our patients and our herds. Uh, We spend a lot of time on preventive medicine on, you know, but not
1: so much on ourselves probably. Exactly, and I even put that in my presentation. You know, you, you you think about your cows and you think about your cows and you think about your cows, but you gotta think about the person you're looking at in the mirror every morning. Absolutely,
0: <laughs> absolutely. So maybe if you could tell us a little bit about some specific, um, injuries that you've seen and maybe some preventive uh, techniques. I know we're, we're, we're on a podcast here and not a, a live presentation right. video, but maybe explain some of the things that veterinarians do that increase their risk for you know the neck problems, the shoulder problems, the bursitis and tendonitis sure. issues.
1: Sure so just looking at it from a kind of an ergonomic standpoint or, or how they're approaching their job. Um, you know one of the things that my presentation was talking about freestalls. you know a lot of times you have a platform that you can go up on if you're a little shorter or you could stay down if you're a little low if you're a little taller, but there's pros and cons to each one. So you need to kind of think about it from the perspective of how do you relate to that calf? How does your height and how do things line up? And maybe I need to spend a little time up and a little time down on the floor. So that's one. And then in lockups, you know, and in rails, the, the orientation of the bovine spine to your shoulders be kind of having a perpendicular relationship rather than a more parallel relationship. Um, and, and approaching the cow that way, and, and obviously it's hard to t- try to describe in a podcast, but um, the, the basically the postures and the setup is very, very important. Um, and, and it is just at, whether you're at a computer like your current job or back when you were palpating and so forth, um, that, that's that's huge.
0: So when you're getting ready to, to, to uh, rectal a cow, um, you're holding onto the tail perhaps with your non-palpating hand, your body should be your your you should be
1: perpendicular to that cow? Yeah, so How should it, yeah. your feet
0: be positioned?
1: Right. So the the shoulders, them, so if you put a line along the bovine spine and then you put a line between your shoulders, that should be about perpendicular. Okay. And then preferably you have a staggered stance so that you can kind of step into that palpation rather than trying to reach into that palpation okay that, re- that extra reaching causes extra stress through the, through the shoulder and as, and also up into the neck okay and should should you try to keep your arms
0: straight when you're
1: entering the cow and
0: and 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 push into the cow uh, with your body or mm-hmm. or is it okay to do a bend of the elbow and go in because i struggled with that in practice and i found that uh, when I when it started to hurt, it was easier for me to. I see a lot of older veterinarians where we just walk around with a stiff arm all the time because right. because of that. Right. So
1: I, I, honestly, I think you probably a mixture would probably be fine. There. Okay. but I think you, stepping into it is probably best. Now the the bent the bent elbow takes a little bit of stress off of the muscles that are that you're using to grip and so forth. So from like a a tennis elbow and golfer's elbow, a tendonitis standpoint, a bent elbow takes a little bit of stress out of that. But ultimately you're probably going to be fully extending the elbow at some point anyway, during that palpation. So, Mm
0: -hmm. okay. And are there any other, uh, uh, parts of our body that you see commonly injured or some things that we do besides the shoulder or elbow that you think that uh, we should address? Yeah.
1: So one of the other things you think about is you guys have to drive. So okay. yep. driving, you know, not the the palpation itself isn't necessarily going to get the neck. It could if you really get into an awkward position. Um, and one other thing that I don't even remember saying in the um, in the actual uh, conference is there. Sometimes when you're trying to see the ultrasound, sometimes I I saw the veterinarian actually looking down and trying to get the right angle so she wouldn't have a glare to avoid. So that so if you can avoid that angle to keep the sun out of impacting your vision, then you might take a little kink out of your neck, but then also when you go to drive in between facilities, you want to make sure that seat is not too far back, because if it's too far back, you're reaching further with your arms, and then usually when you reach further with your arms, your neck, your head and neck just kind of comes forward with it. So that impacts your overall posture, and therefore you're adding extra strain that you really shouldn't be doing. That drive time, if you're in a right, the right position, really serves as a good recovery time for you. If you're in the wrong position, it's actually causing the same stress to the same areas that you just did while you were palpating, and then you're going to go to the next farm and stress that stuff some more. So you're really not giving your body any opportunity to recover. Yeah,
0: yeah, those are great tips. You know, especially the ultrasound. I find myself doing that when I was ultrasounding cows, where I. I would get a sore neck, and I didn't know why, so that's that's a really, really great tip. You know we do a lot of consulting now too, and I think cattle veterinarians are finding themselves uh, uh spending time at their desk just as much as they do behind the cow mm-hmm. uh, and We also go to meetings like we are here and and i've I found that uh, when I was very active during the day and then i had to sit in a meeting it was really difficult and it was probably because i didn't know how to sit so maybe could you give us some tips about posture when we're sitting at our absolutely. desk when we're on our computer when we're writing records and things sure. like that
1: absolutely so um, when you're in a seat first of all you should be completely back in the seat a lot of people will sit forward in the seat and they're not they're not necess- they're kind of allowing themselves to slouch if you're fully back in the sle- seat and you try to slouch well it really feels funny cuz your back your spine is actually pushing into your backrest so, if you're fully back in the seat, great. Your shoulders should be back, but also you want to make sure your shoulders are down a little bit. So, a lot of people will pull their shoulders back, but they actually tense up while they're doing it. So, you should have a kind of a military posture, but you don't want to go overboard because you want to be able to maintain it. Okay, so back and just a little bit down and kind of keeping your shoulders relaxed instead of hunched up. Um, and then As far as the, like, computers go, a lot of people are just too far away from their keyboards. Um, You know, those keyboards should, if you have, if you're able to set up the right desk position, I literally want that keyboard in your lap. Like, I want it close so that your elbows are bent. Same thing with a mouse. A lot of people have their mouse kind of way out to the side instead of just bringing it close and and utilize that mouse as close to your body as possible. And both of those things will put a little bend in your elbow, which allows you to tolerate that better. And then the last thing would be screen height. The vast majority of um, office positions that I look at, their screen is down way too low. So when you look forward at a computer screen, that computer screen, you should be, you should be if you look straight ahead in a good posture, so set your posture first, you should be looking at the middle, maybe slightly above the middle of the computer screen. And most people are looking down. So a lot of people, they need to elevate that computer screen. And a real, real quick way to try to see if that's going to work for you is place a ream of paper underneath that monitor stand that brings it up or maybe you need to depending on your height but bringing that computer monitor up and for you'll probably be surprised oh wow that definitely is easier because you're not looking down all the time to see what you're typing I'm going to do that as soon as I get home. Know, I, I,
0: I felt myself adjusting my posture while you're talking, and I'm sure several of our listeners are driving in their yep. trucks doing that right now. My so patients
1: that, do it all the time as I'm talking to them great. or as I'm presenting. <laughs> yes.
0: What about uh, these stand-up desks? Do uh-huh. you have any
1: experience with that? Is yep. that
0: a recommendation? Or?
1: Absolutely. They're they're fantastic. Um, they're, they can be a little pricey, so mm-hmm. that, that's where we, we run into a little problem there, but it definitely gives good variety. Um, some people with really severe problems they'll stand up all day, but I recommend a, a variety. If you don't have any major problems, even if you're standing for 25% of your day, it's still better than not standing at all or 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 vice versa. Okay. Right. But definitely very beneficial. Some of them are manual crank, a little cheaper. Some of them are automatic, and you can push a button and it'll go exactly to the height you want it. And then you push another button and it'll go exactly the height where you want yeah. to sit in your chair, which is fantastic. Again, they can be a little expensive. Yeah. But um, they're fantastic. They're wonderful. Now, the thing I'm not a big fan of is the desk treadmills and desk ellipticals and everything else. Right. They just aren't practical at all. But that's that's just my personal opinion, I guess. <laughs> right.
0: Right. Which brings us to exercise. So yes. you know, I mean, I I love exercise. We heard uh, another speaker this morning talking about exercise's benefits on mental health. You know, when I was in practice, I I would run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved running. Now I I like to CrossFit, which probably brings a whole another set of. Uh, I'm sure in your head <laughs> can, you're going oh, goodness later. gracious, <laughs> um, but I but I really enjoy that. And uh, um, you know, talk a little bit about why you know all of us, sure. especially maybe cattle veterinarians, should do some form of exercise. How does that help our body? How is that uh, practice preventive
1: Absolutely. medicine? Absolutely. So your your body is going to function more smoothly and be less likely to create inflammation and so forth if you're able to be in a good posture and have have the mechanics of each joint working properly which would be no different than one of your animals so if you get into bad posture a lot and you don't stretch out the muscles that are kind of being stressed then that's going to pull you into a bad posture and it's kind of a snowball effect and if that gets worse and worse and worse eventually it's going to end up with a You know, a tendon that's getting pinched And it's getting pinched And day after day after day Eventually it's going to end up with tendonitis And eventually you might end up with a rotator cuff tear Simply because your posture was bad You may never actually have a fall Or any actual injury with an animal You can get a degenerative tear of your rotator cuff Just by bad posture over a prolonged period of time So by doing the right stretching And doing the right strengthening Most of the time the goal is good posture One of the other things to think about Is lower backs So if you sit a lot say you're a consultant or you're driving between farms a lot, a lot of people's hamstrings will get tight. Mm. Well, hamstring tightness is is the, actually the best predictor of who will hurt their lower back. So if I line up 10 people and I want to try to take a guess on who's going to get back pain first, I'm going to want to know who has the tightest hamstrings. If the hamstrings are tight, what that does is it prevents the mobility from coming from your hips and your lower back will make up for it. So your back is getting a bigger stress because it's having to move farther. So that's another thing that I push a lot, especially with guys. Guys tend to have more trouble with hamstring tightness than ladies do. But across the board, it's definitely important. Yeah, yeah.
0: So how – you know, I know uh, a lot of our members uh, are from rural communities – you know, how would they, you know, myself, I've utilized uh, physical therapy, massage therapy, chiropractic therapy, uh, occasionally um, uh, injections into my shoulder. (laughs) You know, I've run the gamut. (laughs) You know, how should we, how can cattle veterinarians decide, you know, boy, should I do routine chiro visits, PT visits, massage therapy visits? What should they utilize in their communities, both for for prevention or, or what are some suggestions? Sure. So
1: beyond the regular exercise, which, you know, I shared some stuff at the presentation today and there's a lot of stuff available online and, and a lot, some of it's very good stuff. Um, doing basic, what I call basic orthopedic care. So it's, the cold packs and the heat and the cream. So, I can talk a little bit about that. Cold packs, the first 72 hours after you feel an onset of pain or after you actually get an injury is the body's inflammatory response. So, you want to minimize that inflammatory response by not applying heat, apply cold, and use only cold for that first 72 hours. And no more than 20 minutes per hour, you risk frostbite. After that 72 hour mark, you can stick with cold if that's what's working, or you have the option to switch to heat. Heat should be a moist heat. It penetrates more and relaxes muscles better, gives you better pain relief. And you can get a moist heating pad that plugs in the wall. It's safe because the electrical is all protected. And you actually will wet a sponge and stick it inside the heating pad. Mm. So instead of you having to jump in the shower multiple times, you can just use the moist heating pad. Okay. Uh, cream is also an option so cream is something that you can you can apply any of the multitude of creams that's out there the only thing you have to be careful of is if you apply heat too quickly after applying the cream you could actually cause a skin burn so a lot of times I'm recommending cream when you go to sleep or when you leave the house. That way you, you're, you're insured to get that gap. So those are some of the basics. And then, you know, making sure that you're maybe a little more aware of your posture and trying to sleep in the proper position. I talked a lot today about sleep positioning. Sleep positioning is huge, and there's probably all kinds of websites on the, you know, that you can look at for those types of things. But those doing all those basics and essentially if you do all those, if you have a new pain and you're doing all those basics for two weeks and you're not getting anywhere, you probably need to find some help. Right. Okay. And, and, or if you know what, this is so bad, I can't even work, get some help right away. Don't wait the two weeks. Right. Okay. Um, So those are kind of some general guidelines. Now, as far as what works for you, everybody's different. So I obviously I'm a physical therapist. I'm going to advocate for physical therapy. Absolutely. Um, It's it's my background. And a lot of people will ask me, you know, what's the difference between physical therapy and chiropractic? And I, I see physical therapy as educators. I want to go into my appointments, teaching, almost having the, my new patient almost feel a little overwhelmed with the amount of information I'm getting them on day one because I want everything to just start with a big jump and then you know we want you to get better but then also have enough information that you're not going to come back with that same problem because you know how to take care of it so if you happen to get out of the habit of exercising you start to feel those symptoms come back on well you just pull out your handouts or remember what we talked about and you manage that yourself my goal is to not have you come back twice for the same problem (laughs) <laughs> Unless you're the one that stopped doing it and it got bad enough that you had to see me again. That's so, right. That's but right. ultimately, in terms of you know day-to-day management, some people, they might get a massage once a month or get a massage, you know, boy, I'm starting to get tight and it's not going away, so I think I need a little help with the massage. That's fine. That's personal preference.
0: So. Great. Great. You know, the, the the like the little ice pack, gel pack coolies that we get uh, with our drug shipments to the veterinary right. office. Are those good for, uh, yeah. for any, ice? Yeah. Any form for cold? of cold.
1: Yeah. Any form of cold pack is fine. There's commercial cold packs that you can buy that you take them out of the freezer and they're nice and flexible. You can there's a homemade recipe online that you can actually use alcohol with water and it it will make it its own coal pack. Oh. You can use bags of frozen peas and corn. I recommend that people get the family size bag. And when you take it out of the freezer, you shake it a little bit. You got it all broke up into little pieces, and it will conform to any joint yeah. you want it on. Right. So just make sure you put something between your skin and the ice so you don't get frostbite. Great,
0: great. And then how about uh, some specific stretching techniques? Is there any, you know, one or two that you would recommend for cattle veterinarians that might be having some shoulder pain or some back pain yeah. or something
1: like that that you could maybe share? Sure. So um, – Probably the biggest thing with the cattle veterinarians is they do everything in front of them. You know, if there's a lot of force involved and everybody's reaching forward, reaching forward. So when I would want you to stretch the opposite way, so it's it's a concept I call posture reversal. If you're stressing things one way and muscles are tense, if you go the opposite way, those muscles that were just tensed and used, they're going to get a little stretch. So be nice to them and do that. So if you imagine you're reaching forward, if you clasp your hands behind your back, obviously that's the opposite. And and then gently lift your hands up off your back then you're getting a stretch through the front of your shoulders oh, yeah. and a little bit down your the front of your arms. Yep. So that's it's a good way to just even if you have maybe you're waiting for the next cow to be ready or the you know maybe the your um, farmer went to go get something and you're kind of hanging around well don't just stand there and stare at the wall or, or stare at the cows do a little exercise. So you might hold that position for 15 seconds to improve flexibility, or you might kind of gently go in and out of that position to give it kind of a rhythmic relaxation. Yeah. Another simple one is a doorway stretch for your chest. So if you put your arms up on a doorway, stagger your feet, and then lunge into that doorway to create a stretch to the front of the chest that can stretch that out. So it's easier to keep a good posture. And then if you take those arms and put them up in an angle, so if you're kind of looking at yourself from the back, it looks like a capital Y, and you stagger your feet and lunge in again, that's a real good prevention for, like, thoracic outlet syndrome mm-hmm. um, and impingement syndrome, which leads to rotator cuff tendonitis. So okay. they're both good, good kind of good posture promoters. Right. And... <clears throat> So Scott's presentation
0: at the AABP Annual Conference and the AABP Recent Graduate Conference is available for AABP members. If you want to see his slides as he's talking, and he show has great pictures on there of uh, the stretches that we're talking about today, uh, posture techniques and things like that, uh, I would encourage our members to, to find those presentations so they can uh, – get a little more information and don't put your hands behind your back while you're driving. Right. You want to oh, do yeah, that while yeah. you're on the farm. Good, good okay. Point. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause <laughs> cattle veterinarians need a little extra help sometimes. <laughs> so, so, you know, Scott, this has been uh, really great. Do you have uh, any closing general pieces of advice you would recommend to cattle veterinarians so we can keep doing
1: the hard work that we're doing every day? All right. So, an ounce of prevention goes a long way. So, you know, the, the national healthcare trend is towards prevention, and I think you guys need to think about it the same way. You know, you do so much for your cows, you need to take a little time for yourselves. And, and ultimately I think that little bit of extra time that you're going to take to – put into your health you're actually going to feel better and probably be able to work a little quicker because you're more comfortable so it's all going to balance out in the end and you're going to be able to function with your families at home and stuff too it's not just about work we all need to go home and be comfortable we all need to be comfortable when we sleep and we want to be able to do our you know you chose that profession for a reason you don't want to be able to do that profession for 10 years and all of a sudden you can't do it because physically it's impossible if you'd have taken a few minutes every day and done a little bit of exercise or just take a couple seconds and think about how am i going to do that palpation then you could have allowed yourself to do that profession that you chose coming out of high school and college. You can do it as long as you'd like.
0: That's great advice, and uh, I really hope that this helps some of our members uh, practice preventive medicine on
1: themselves. So we really appreciate you being with us today, Scott. Thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome, and I'm very open to people contacting me to have any you know any personal questions or whatever. I, I'd, love, I'd love to be able to you know, kind of share general knowledge and, and try to assist in your efforts. Well, we really appreciate it. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. Thank you.